Good morning, friends. Today's message is entitled, I Believe, But. This goes back to a rather interesting story in Mark chapter 9, where a man had a son who was possessed by a spirit that had robbed him of his speech. Now, eventually, uh, he brought him to Jesus, and uh, Jesus asked him, how long has he been like this? From childhood, the father said, It's often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now, Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Maybe all of us have been in similar situations where we said, I really want to believe But there's a little bit of doubt. Perhaps even in these days of the coronavirus, we believe that God is in control, but, you know, friends, you know, doubt is not sinful, but it can be dangerous. It can also be a spur to spiritual growth. It's what you do with your doubt in troubling times that matters. I want to give you five suggestions this morning about how to handle your doubt in uncertain times. First of all, just admit your doubts and ask for help. I mean, after all, God is not fragile. God can handle your doubts. He can handle your fears. He can handle your worries. He can handle all of your unanswered questions. He's a big God. I mean, he runs the universe without any help. I mean, your doubts are not going to upset him. Tell him your doubts, cry out, and ask for his help. And don't fight the battle alone. Go to anyone with a strong faith or godly insight and ask them to walk with you as you face your doubts honestly. Second, don't be afraid to borrow some faith. Now, that may seem like an odd thing to say about borrowing someone's faith. But I got to tell you a little story. Several years ago, when I was still pastoring full time, a, a woman greeted me after morning church. And she said, you probably won't remember this. And she proceeded to tell me a story that, in fact, I did not remember. It's because sometime earlier, she happened to see me while going through a very painful situation. And she briefly told me this story and said that she felt like she was losing her faith. And on the spur of the moment, I I said, you know, that's fine. I've got plenty. You can borrow some of mine. Now, I said it and then forgot about it. But when the woman recounted the story, she told me how much that had helped her. She had indeed borrowed some of my faith to get her through the hard time. And not only did I not recall the conversation, I must have had plenty of faith right then because I didn't miss it when she borrowed some of mine. Now, I've told this story a couple of different times, and each time I find heads nodding. I mean, if borrowing someone's faith doesn't make sense to you, then just skip this point. But if it does, then keep it in mind. When you find yourself filled with doubts, go find someone filled with faith. Talk to them a while. And I think you'll find that you're going to borrow some of theirs. It works. Third, act on your faith and not on your doubts. That's what Noah did when he built the ark. That's what Abraham did when he left Ur of the Chaldees. That's what Abraham did when he offered Isaac. That's what Moses did when he marched through the Red Sea on dry ground. That's what David did when he faced Goliath. 
That's what Joshua did when he marched around Jericho. That's what Daniel did when he was thrown into the lion's den. That's what Nehemiah did when he built the wall. Now, don't you think that all of these great heroes of faith had their doubts? Of course they did. They didn't know in advance how everything was going to come out. But they took a deep breath, decided to trust God, and then acted on their faith and not on their doubts. Do the same thing and your faith will continually grow stronger. Fourth, doubt your doubts, not your faith. This simply means that you should not cast away your faith simply because you're in the deep valley of darkness. All of us walk into that valley from time to time. In fact, some of us spend a great deal of time there. But when you find yourself in that so-called valley of the shadow of death where all is uncertain and you're solely tempted to give in to your doubts or your fears or your worries, remember two words. Keep walking. Just keep walking. I mean, nothing is gained by camping out in the valley of darkness. The only way out is to keep on walking. Every step forward is a way to doubt your doubts. And soon enough, the light will shine again. And five, keep going back to what you know to be true. Now, this for me is the most important point. After considering the sufferings of this life and the perils of tribulations of following Jesus, the Apostle Paul concludes Romans chapter 8 triumphantly by declaring, For I am persuaded. And then he declares that nothing in all of the universe can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in 2 Timothy 1 verse 2, verse 12, he says, I know whom I have believed. You know, some things you think, some things you hope, some things you know. In times of trouble, keep going back to what you know to be true. You know, when I hit a mile marker birthday a few years back, I realized that I believe less now than I did 30 years ago. Back then, I thought I had everything totally figured out. Life has a way of knocking us down a few pegs, and that's certainly happened. So on one level, I don't have total certainty about all the details of theology. In a sense, my knowledge is both greater and smaller than it was three decades ago. But what I know, I really know. I have a handful of convictions that cannot be shaken. I would include in that short list these truths, that God is good, that Jesus is Lord, the Bible is true, life is short, every day is a gift, people matter more than things, fame and popularity is fleeting, this world is not my home, and even hard times like this current coronavirus are meant for my benefit. And at the core of my faith is an unshakable belief in the sovereignty of God. After all, he's God and I'm not. He is sovereign over all the details of my life and I can trust him completely, even when these details seem to be spinning out of control. I don't know if you watched the quiz show called Jeopardy. I watch it pretty regularly. But watching Jeopardy a year or so ago, one of the biggest winners was James Holzhauer. He's a high-stakes poker player. In every game of high-stakes poker, there comes a defining moment that separates winners from losers. You never know when that moment will come because it's up to the individual players. Well, in Jeopardy, there was always seemed to be a moment when James would say, all in. 
That means he thinks he's got the best hand, the correct answer to the Jeopardy clue, so he takes all of his chips, pushes them to the middle of the table, flips his cards over so everyone can see them, and then stands up. See, going all in means that you are risking everything you've got on just one hand. If you win, you win it all. If you lose, you lose it all. That's why it's a high drama moment. I mean, you can't win a tournament unless you're willing to go all in at some point. You've got to pick the right moment to risk everything in order to win. And you don't know whether you've won or lost until you've gone all in. You know, it's the same way in the Christian life. You can't hold on to your cards forever. Somewhere along the way, you've got to make a stand. Now, for me, years ago, I decided to go all in on Jesus. I pushed my chips to the center of the table and I decided to go all in that he's the Son of God. I went all in in deciding that he did indeed die on the cross for my sins, that he rose from the dead on the third day, that he is the Lord of the universe and that someday he will take me to heaven. As I heard years ago, believing in Jesus means trusting him so much that if he can't take you to heaven, you aren't going to go there. I like that. If Jesus can't take me to heaven, then I'll never make it because I don't have a plan B. Now, recently I ran across a statement that resonated with me. The statement was this, one who has never doubted has only half believed. Now, I'm not ashamed to say that I have fully believed because I have often doubted. But my doubts have only made my faith stronger in the end. One of my favorite old hymns is Just As I Am Without One Plea. Let me read you one verse. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within, without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. And then the very last verse of that hymn contains a gospel promise. Just as I am, thou wilt receive, wilt welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve. Because thy promise I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. This is also the promise God makes to you and to me. God never turns an honest doubter away. Come to him with all your doubts, your skepticism, your unbelief, your hard questions, your uncertainties. He welcomes those hard questions. So be reminded, friends, doubt is not a sin. It's what you do with your doubt that makes all the difference. Don't let your doubts keep you from Jesus. Come to him just as you are and bring those doubts along with you. He will not turn you away. Until next time, see the vision, live the mission, and feel the passion.